On this episode of The Golf Guy, we talked to Nikki Gatch, um, one of the leaders um, of uh, golf here in Southern California. Um, Nikki is the current president of the SCGA um, and um, not only the first woman president of the SCGA, but also the first um, SCPGA member to be president of the SCGA, and, and Nikki really kind of, as that suggests, has leadership positions in both sides of the two, of two leading organizations in golf in Southern California. Um, she has uh, been the chief operating officer of the SCPGA um, and is going to be taking over the presidency of the SCPGA next year. Um, currently she's president of the SCGA, um, and will be finishing that term. Um, so obviously the SCPGA is, um, the local PGA section, um, and a significant one given the size of it, um, uh, here of the PGA in Southern California. So that's on the professional side and the SCGA, um, kind of like the USGA, but at the Southern California level. Um, you know, covers the amateur game and conducts a number of championships, handicaps, et cetera. So um, a significant leader in Southern California golf, a pleasure to talk to, and I uh, hope you uh, enjoy the upcoming conversation with Nikki Gatch. Thanks. Well, welcome to another edition of The Golf Guy, and I am very honored today to have uh, Nikki Gatch with us, who is um, got a lot of hats and we'll talk through these. She's got um, an SCGA hat. She's the president of the SCGA. She's also had um, a lot of experience and time in the SCPGA. Um, she's a pioneer in a couple of respects. The first woman president of the SCGA and I think probably the first SCPGA member also to be president. So um, unique situation. Um, but we'll, we'll uh, get into all that. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so um, maybe just to get things rolling, um, to kind of go back to how you got started in the game. If I'm remembering uh, what, uh, what I've seen, I think you grew up in Oklahoma originally, and I know your dad was a pro. Um, how did you first get started? I'm, I'm guessing it was probably at a young age, but how did you first get started in golf? Well, you're right. Um, I was I was born and, and raised for part of my childhood in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. Um, we, we moved to Southern California when I was about 10. Um, you are correct. My father was a, a PGA member. Um, he's been gone almost two years now, so I'll try not to get choked up and talking about him. Yeah. Um, but that's that's how I that's how I learned the game, obviously, is is through dad and um, you know, being exposed at a young age, I wouldn't consider myself a golfer at age five, but I was exposed to the game at age five. Um, you know, just going to work with dad and maybe hitting some balls and, you know, but as a kid, I, I played lots of different sports and did lots of different things and golf was always available to me, but never pushed. Um, and yeah, that's, that's probably true. why I still enjoy it and, and have made it my career. Um, yeah, because no, my dad never pushed me. That's an important thing for sure for kids um, to let them come to it um, by their own. Um, did you play tournaments, junior tournaments? Obviously, a very skilled player. You end up going, we'll get to that, you know, to college to play. But uh, mm -hmm. did you play junior tournaments as a youngster? I, I did. So I would say when I was about 
12, 12 to 13, maybe, um, I really started focusing, you know, on golf solely and kind of gave up the other sports and activities that I was doing and really kind of, you know, got bit by the bug um, at that time. And shortly after that, we had, um, so we, we moved to Southern California and actually moved to Thousand Oaks. Um, my father okay. built Wood Ranch, which is in Simi Valley. Oh, yeah, sure. So that was early to mid eighties, something like that. Um, spent a few years there and then we relocated down to the, um, down to the desert in the Palm desert area, uh, where he joined landmark golf, um, developers of PJ West and Quinta and Mission Hills. So at that time I was really into golf. So I thought that was just amazing. Right. I had access to all of these great golf courses and facilities and started working in the golf shops, um, so it, it was really great. So yes, that, that's when I kind of started playing competitively junior golf, um, played a lot, you know, more, I would say I played more local, you know, I, I, we had desert junior golf at that time, which, which later became part of the SCPGA and, um, you know, played a couple of AJGA events, but to be honest, only when they came out to mission Hills in the desert, um, you know, I was the oldest of four kids. So my mom was pretty busy wrangling up my three younger siblings and um, I kind of figured out tournaments I wanted to play and sent in the entries and, and away I went, um, you know, and, and back then I'm very fortunate, you know, you didn't have to play in, in all these big events and, and things to get, you know, maybe recognized by uh, college coaches, especially for, for young girls. So, um, you know, um, very lucky again, I had a lot of lucky things happen in my life, but um, yeah. So I, you know, I had a goal of, of playing on the high school team, which I did. Um, we didn't have girls high school golf, um, which I'm just, you know, I'm thrilled that we do now and, and to see the growth. But for me personally, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Um, I enjoyed playing on the boys team, played from the same tees. I think it made me a better wow. player. Yeah. I it bet. certainly sharpened my short game <laughs> and it, it really, sure. you know, I had to be, I had to be on my game, um, right. at all times, you know, and, um, made some great friends, um, to this day, a lot of them are in the business, you know, and, and get to see them a lot. So again, for me personally, I wouldn't change a thing, but I'm so thrilled to see the progress that we've made and the opportunities that are now there, uh, for young girls in, in the game. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting you mentioned the AJGA. So I'm a little older than you. I mean, when I started playing junior golf, I mean, it was literally just starting the AJGA um, uh, when I, I grew up in Connecticut and played there. But I mean, when you look at how it's grown and it's like it's like a pro tour in its of itself. And I hear you. I think it's there's something that was kind of nice a little bit about the way it was when it wasn't such quite the factory um uh don't mean to be pejorative but the sort of factory kind of aspect that it that it has now for sure um but um so that's so you're palm desert high school you play on the boys team you get getting you know obviously good player get noticed by colleges um i'm sure you had lots of different opportunities but the cowboys in stillwater called you back right (laughs) uh they did you know i i think my parents were very shocked um I just, you know, I looked at a, a couple colleges here, you know, to stay close by and, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a highly recruited player. I mean, I, I was a good player. I certainly wasn't, you know, one of the top in the country or anything like that. Um, but was fortunate to, to have a connection, um, be introduced to Ann Pitts, who was the, <clears throat> actually the first women's golf coach at OSU and went and took my recruiting trip and, and that was it. 
I got off that plane when I landed at Palm Springs Airport. My parents picked me up and I said, that's it. I'm not going anywhere else. I've found the place. And I said, well, you still, I think I still had one or two more official recruiting trips. Right. I said, I don't care. <clears throat> I found it and that's where I want to go. And I just fell in love with it. And, and um, those that know me well, I know that I am um, extremely passionate, almost um, obnoxious in my love for Oklahoma State. Um, and, uh, you know, still, still is with me to this day. So you're a Ricky guy, I got to assume, you know, and, and, uh, I'm, I, I am, <laughs> I am for sure. You know, it's kind of funny when I, I know we'll get to sort of the career part, but, yeah. um, you know, when I was running junior golf and specifically in the desert, um, Ricky played a lot with us, you know, they lived yeah. in Murrieta and, you right. know, they had a little That's bit right. of a drive to get to the desert, but they enjoyed the tournaments and enjoyed the the great golf courses we were able to play. <clears throat> so I got to know this little kid named Ricky, you know, since he was like eight or nine years old. And oh, wow. Wow. Would all, he'd always wear pants. You know, here it is in the summer in the desert and he's wearing pants, this little kid. And I said, Ricky, why? you know, you can wear shorts. And he goes, no, Nikki, because when I play on the tour, they wear pants. I said, OK, well, then here we go. Um, so, you know, had, had a nice relationship with he and his, and his family. And, um, you know, it's been a while since we've kept in touch, but I do remember having some conversations with him, having some conversations with the Oklahoma state coach Yeah. and, uh, lo and behold, he changed his mind uh, from going to UCLA and went yeah. to Stillwater. And yeah. as you can see, he's very passionate and, uh, sometimes obnoxious with his love <laughs> of OSU. Uh, it's just I, something that happens when you go there. Um, but yes, very, very much a huge Ricky fan. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think everyone is such a wonderful guy. You know, it's interesting what you say about the pants because Scotty Scheffler, you know, has of course been in the news a lot with what the phenomenal year he's had. And so there's been a lot written about him the last month. And he said the exact, exact same thing. I didn't know this about Ricky, but, the, you know, he grew up in Dallas, another place where it would be nice to wear shorts in the very, summer. And he yeah, would always wear odd. long pants. And he said the exact same thing. So these yeah. kids who were obviously unbelievably talented knew where they were going and wanted to yeah. sort of dress the part. Right. Pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So so you're there. Um, play four years. I mean, that's probably the big eight back then. I've lost track of some of these conferences. It was but, the big eight. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, things have moved along with our consolidation uh college athletics but um very good conference um that's that's good competition play there for four years talk to me a little bit about so obviously you're passionate about golf but you must have given a little thought to maybe doing you know as a tournament player and kind of what was the aha moment when you sort of said hey, i think i'm going to zig instead of zach yeah. I mean, Larry, I was going to be the next Nancy Lopez. Lopez you know, that right. was, uh, we talk about Ricky and Scotty. I mean, I had my own dreams as many sure. junior golfers do. Um, sure. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, look, I was very fortunate again to play at a division one, you know, very good school. I was fortunate yep. to be, you know, on the travel team. Um, I think there might've been one or two tournaments my whole four years that I didn't qualify for. Um, again, you know, never won a tournament, never even got close to that, or, you know, wasn't an all American, but, you know, definitely a contributor to the team and, um, you know, kind of started seeing at that point, okay, you know, I thought I was pretty good, but there, there's a lot of great players out there, you know, got out of school and, and still thought, well, you know, I, there were some, you know, mini tours, especially out in California and Arizona, sure. I think Players West, it might have been called or something yeah. like that. And, you know, tried to play, did play in a couple of those and 
you know, quickly realized, okay, the talent out there is, um, <laughs> is great. Right. And, and I may not quite be there. And I, I didn't know if I was passionate enough to, to give it all I've got, um, right. you know, get, getting a job and, and getting that guaranteed paycheck every two weeks seemed a little bit more appealing to me. Um, so, you know, I, I just, again, I saw too many of my friends and <clears throat> fellow players, you know, in that era that were just out there and, and struggling and they were way better than me. <laughs> well, you know, I don't have all this money to kind of throw at the stream and, right. um, but you know what, it all, it all worked out. Um, I, I oh, got to stay sure. in golf and, um, you know, no, no regrets at all. No, I, I, I hear you I, it, 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 in, in golf in a major way. So, so we go, we, we decide we're not, or you decide you're not going to go pursue the playing career. So you end up being, a, if I remember right, a club pro or assistant club pro at a couple mm-hmm. of notable places. I mean, Mission Hills and Kiowa, right? Where, of course, Phil won the PGA last year. So tell me what that was like and kind of what that learned, what, what you got out of those positions, what you learned. Well, you know, Larry, I, I, I joke that I had been working, you know, behind the counter um, of my dad's golf shop, you know, ever since I could see over the counter. Um, and that's about the truth <laughs> and, and worked all through high school and college and I'd be home in the summer. And so I was already sort of, you know, in that element, if you will. And, you know, and then it was time to get a real job, you know. Um, so I, I went over and, and talked to the folks at, at Mission Hills Country Club and um, was, was able to be hired as sort of that entry level assistant pro. And I really learned a lot there, you know, I, that's kind of where I cut my teeth and giving junior lessons and group clinics and just learning everything. And then certainly being there for, for an LPJ major, you know, that was yeah, a special sure. week to be part of that. Um, so I loved it. I, I loved my time at mission Hills. It was a great club, great membership, um, you know, great professional staff that I learned a lot from. Um, I was there for, I think just, just one season, you know, maybe a, a year and a half or something like that. <clears throat> and then I had an opportunity through a, a family friend to take a look at a new private club that they were building on Kiowa Island. Um, and this family friend, um, coincidentally had been a pro at Mission Hills, um, mm. you know, several years before and had just been hired as the head pro director of golf and was looking to hire some assistant pros. And then he found out that this is what I wanted to do. And this is what I was doing. So flew back out there with mom, kind of took a look and said, okay, let's, let's do this. So I packed up my car with, I think I had golf clubs, a TV and my clothes. I mean, that's all I own and, and drove across the country. Wow. And, and you'd never been, I assume in that part of the country. I mean, no, other than, lived. other than going, you know, those few weeks before out with my right. mom to kind of yeah. decide, all right, is this what I want to do? That's a bold, bold move. It, it was, it was, it was probably one of the hardest things I did. And, and looking yeah. back was probably one of the hardest days for my mom when I, when I left. Um, and now I can appreciate that as being a mom, but you know, sure. probably one of the one, I've made some pretty good decisions, I must say, and that was probably, that's, that one's up there because um, what I learned, not only what I learned um, in the business and, and through my career, but I actually met my husband there. So oh, wow. okay. uh, my husband Great. was, there was three assistant pros that were hired and my husband happened to be one of the three. Um, oh, wow. So we had, we had a little workplace romance happening, um, but it was, it was great. Right. And so we've been married for 24 years now. Wonderful. Um, and the Wonderful. rest is history, as they say. Cool. So you're out there for a little bit. Um, and then um, 
you end up getting involved with the SCPGA. Um, how did that come about? So, you know, I was, I was doing great at, at Kiowa and at the club we were at. And, um, you know, to be honest, Larry, I was just looking for something different. Sure. Um, I looked at my boss and, and thought, wow, I, I just don't have the passion to have his job. So I was kind of at that crossroads of, I, I know what I don't want to do, but I didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to stay in golf. Um, and at that time, I'd been out there about three or four years. I was getting a little homesick. We'd just gotten married. <clears throat> and my dad said, hey, there's um, the, the section, the SCPGA is looking to hire someone to come run the junior program out in the desert. Same program I grew up playing. Right, right. right oh my yeah. gosh, this would be dream, right? It get, yeah. gets me back home. <laughs> I get to stay in golf. And wow, I get to run the junior program that I played in yeah, that gave so me all cool. these opportunities right. that led to this and this and this. So <clears throat> long story short, I, I, you know, did my resume and, and got selected for an interview and flew back out here and, you know, was so nervous. I mean, I think I was probably 25 at the time, something like that. Um, and I got the job. So <laughs> we packed up the U-Haul and drove across country and, you know, my husband was an assistant pro. He didn't have a job. I said, well, gosh, we're going to the greatest place in the world to find a golf job. You'll have no right. problem. And, and he didn't. Um, and, and we had a, had a great time. And that's really where my career started with the SCPGA, you know, in junior golf. I was in junior golf for many years um, and loved it. I mean, it, you know, to this day, and it, it's people kind of laugh when I say it, but it's, it's the truth. I, my time in junior golf was probably some of the most rewarding times of my career. I bet. Um, you know, if you look back and, and not just the relationship you have with someone like Ricky or Lizette Salas, or, you know, those that go on to be superstars, it's, it's all the kids, right. And it's, it's being part of something that they enjoy and maybe having a little bit of an influence on a positive influence on their lives. Um, you know, it was really pretty special. I there were some downtimes too, and some uncomfortable conversations with parents, but, um, a pair, I assume of, parents who thought their kids were going to be the next Ricky kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so, yeah. I, so I learned how to be a good junior golf parent, um, <laughs> through, through that experience. Yeah, I can imagine. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about what sort of that, that, uh, organization is like um i mean is it is it teaching the game is it helping to sort of oversee tournaments for the juniors all of that i mean what was involved it's really all of the above so yes my you know my time with junior golf was was strictly that you know running junior golf events and you know we're very fortunate with our scpga junior tour as it's called now I mean, Larry, we're going to have 400 events this year for kids. Um, 400? You know, we have more turn. Wow. Yeah, we have more tournaments than we do days of the year um, and wow. could probably add more with, with, the, with the demand that's out there. Um, so that's, that's one part of what the SCPGA does, um, you know, and that, that's under our foundation. <clears throat> and then really what the SCPGA is, is it's a member-based association. Right. So we have about uh, just over 1,600 PGA members that are part of our section. So under the umbrella of the PGA of America, there's 41 sections throughout the country. <clears throat> we rank um, about number four um, in size. And so we offer, you know, uh, our job is to make our PGA professionals better and more valuable to 
golfers or their members or their students or their customers um, to educate them and, and really to grow the game of golf. So we provide um, education for our members. We provide competitive, you know, professional tournaments. Um, and then of course, all the activities we do under our charitable arm of the foundation, including junior golf. The big operation. So um, you're with the SCPGA for, for a while, you know, I know junior golf, we talked about foundation stuff, I think at one point director um, and, and then assistant executive director. Um, but then you sort of move over to the PGA that you were just alluding to. So how did that come about and kind of what was, yeah. what was that like? Um, you know, again, kind of a, a big decision that I make as, as I look back on my career, but, but another good one. Um, uh, so I was very happy with what I was doing with the SCPGA and, um, uh, the PGA at that time was creating a new, uh, division, if you will, uh, department, I guess, um, really to work more closely with our PGA members to, to grow the game. Uh, the whole initiative was called golf 2.0. I don't know if you remember that it was right. <clears throat> about in 2012. Um, and the whole thought behind that was to, was to arm RPJ professionals to be the best they could, they could be, whether that be through creating programming or, you know, just um, uh, welcoming more people to the game, you know, in hopes of growing the game. I mean, our game was kind of, kind of hurting at that time, you know, we were seeing courses close and golfers leave the game. And so the PGA really wanted to develop sort of a team in the field, if you will. And, um, I was kind of tapped on the shoulder to, to take a look at it and, and think about applying. So long story short, I did, and, and I got the job and, um, you know, I, again, I wasn't really looking to leave the SCPGA at all. It was just one of those great opportunities that came about, but it still, it still kept me very involved with the SCPGA, which was great. Um, and allowed me to sort of expand my knowledge, expand my reach and my network. And, um, and it was, a, it was a great thing allowed me some flexibility. You know, my kids were still young at that, at that time. Um, so I, you know, uh, was able to work from home and, and, you know, have a little bit of flexibility there, which is a good thing. So it, it all worked out. And then, um, about three years ago, I was with PGA for about seven years. And then about three years ago, um, again, kind of got that tap on the shoulder again from the SCPGA and said, Hey, would you consider coming back? <clears throat> and it really was, was the right time. You know, and, um, and so I did, you know, luckily, um, you know, that's where my roots are. That's where my heart is. And I was just fortunate that, that they, uh, that they were welcoming me back with open arms and, and here we are. So you're back to the SCPGA before we leave the PGA itself. Did you interact much with the national leadership at all? I know you're just in one section here. I'm trying to think who, it was Susie Whaley was, I kind of think if she was running it then or not, but, but I mean, it's, I'm, yep. I'm losing track of who is who, but, but I'm just curious kind of what kind of interactions you had with the national folks at all. Uh, we, we did, you know, I mean, I was considered a national employee. Um, and as far as our, you know, the national board and the officers, you know, not, not too much on a day-to-day basis, certainly. Uh, but, but obviously knew who they were. They knew who all of us were. Um, you know, and they were all just really behind the efforts that we were trying to do and, and very supportive. So it, it was great. Um, Susie was, I'm trying to think the year she was president, um, it's probably 15, 16, but prior to that, you know, when she became elected as secretary, cause you serve right. 
you served in different chairs right, for, for right. two years at a time. Right. Um, so yeah, it was right around that time. And you know how, how passionate she is about um, sure is, player yeah. development and growing yeah. this game and, um, you know, it, it expanding our reach. Um, so that was great. I mean, to, you know, we really had the support of the leadership and still do. I mean, you know, I've been really fortunate that, you know, the leaders of the PGA of America and, and certainly at our section level as well. Um, they're just very passionate people about our game and, and making it better for everyone. Yeah. And I've always had the impression, just to buttress what you're saying, I've always had the impression that, you know, I'm talking to Patrick and Casey and other people, I mean, the SCPGA, you mentioned the fourth biggest, I mean, it's a significant section. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty meaningful for the PGA and kind of maybe to use that as a segue, because during the same time, go over from the professional game to the SCGA, um, which I know kind of in an analogous way is, you know, thought of pretty highly by the USGA, uh, yep. which is a national organization. And um, the uh, longtime uh, wonderful executive director at the SCGA, um, Kevin Haney, talks to you uh, and suggests maybe you get on the board. So while you're doing the PGA slash SCPGA stuff, yeah. you're getting involved with that side of it too. That's very interesting. So talk to me about how that all worked out. Yeah. And, and, and I do want to say, you know, we, it, unfortunately it's unique um, that we have such a strong relationship between our amateur association and our PGA section. Um, I don't know any different, right. But apparently right. that's not necessarily the case throughout yes, the right. country. I don't yes. know why, you know, for various reasons, I'm sure, but Ever since I've started with the SCPGA um, in the late 90s, we, we've always had a great relationship with the two associations because we know we're we're uh, we're more we're more powerful, more meaningful. We have we have more, much more impact working together sure, than we exactly. do going at it <laughs> and competing. And we're, and we're not competing. You know, we're, we're two separate organizations, but yet have the same goals. You know, and that's to um, spread, spread this great game to as many people as possible and, and hope that they have the best experience as possible. So have always had a great relationship, have known Kevin for a long time. You know, he's worked for the SCGA for over 30 years. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Um, you know, I think he's held every, every job imaginable within that, uh, organization. So he reached out to me and he said, Hey, we, um, we're looking to expand our board. Um, we want to diversify our board a little bit. And we thought you'd be a great addition. You know, is this something you'd consider? And, and I, I thought he was joking at first. Um, <laughs> he said, no, I'm, I'm being serious. And I said, okay, so let's talk more about it. What does that look like? You know, all these things. And, um, and by diversify, I mean, yes, it, it's wonderful. And, and I have a lot of pride in the fact I'm the first woman, but, but more so in the diversification of just, you know, whether you look at age, um, career, they were looking to get, you know, add board members that were still working, um, had different backgrounds in the, in the game, you know, and right. could bring a different skill set to the board. So right. that's what I mean by diversifying as well. And, and yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think we've done a really, really great job of that over the last, you know, seven years or so. Uh, if you take a look at, at our current board, um, that's certainly the case. Whereas in the past, um, nothing wrong with that or, or not, you know, but it was primarily, you know, retired private club members. Right. Right. Exactly. And right. again, there's nothing wrong with that, but 
it has been nice to have, you know, yes, retired <laughs> private club members, but also members that are still working. Maybe they work in the industry, you know, just different connections to the game and the industry. And it's really, um, it's just brought a, a lot, you know, new perspectives to the board and the sure. way we look at things and approach things. It's, it's been great. So um, I think it was 2015, maybe I always mess this up, but I think it was 2015. I joined the board and then, you know, you serve your, your three-year term or whatever it is. And at that time, you know, they, they pretty much say either, okay, thank, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Or, you know, would you like to stay on for another term or in some cases, you know, would you consider um, being an officer right. and of the executive committee? And again, I, when that was brought up, I thought they were kidding. Um, but they, they said, no, you, you know, you've, you've shown what you can bring to this board and, and obviously brought something positive um, to it and, and really enjoyed what I did. It's a wonderful, wonderful group of people. And um, so then we started that process and, you know, similar to the PGA, you know, you kind of start as treasurer and work, work right, your way, work up. way up. We, we right. do one year increments versus PGA does two years, but um, so you kind of, you kind of know, unless you really screw things up, you're going to be president in, in sure. this year. Right. 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 Uh, but you learn as you go, which is, which is great. And which is important. So I knew that in October of 2021, I would be um, elected again, if I didn't screw things up too bad, would be elected to be president. And, um, you know, what an honor that was. Um, so it's only a one-year term. So I'm, I'm on the back nine of my term and it's really hard <laughs> to believe. Um, but it's been, it's been wonderful. Really one of the, the greatest, um, experiences I've had in my career, truly. So what have you liked the most about it? What, what is really, and, and, and I'd also be interested in kind of what you've sort of uh, maybe didn't expect that it's been like or stuff like that. I mean, how's it yeah. all sort of uh, worked out in that sense? Well, I think, and those that, that are going to be listening to this will get tired of hearing this, but my, my whole thing has always been collaboration, you know, um, whether that's collaboration between the SCGA and, and the PGA or, you know, other, other groups that are out there trying to do good things for our game. Um, again, to me, <laughs> if, if the more people that have the same goal in mind, working together towards that, that goal line, that finish line, the better and the better, the better off our game is and, and the better off all of us are as golfers. So that's always been my big thing. Um, I wouldn't say I have, you know, one particular thing on the agenda that I, that I wanted to accomplish. Um, as I look back again, you know, halfway through, or probably even a little bit more than half through at this point, you know, it's been, um, it's been an interesting year. I mean, we, I think one of the, the neatest things for me, and one thing I'm really proud of, because the two associations have been talking about this for years, and that's in um, combining, collaborating, um, both of our halls of fame. Oh, so okay. um, we've finally agreed on that, and we're going to move forward. Um, we were thinking at the end of this year, but it's looking like probably early 23, where we'll, um, we'll have the first induction of the Southern California Golf Hall of Fame. Well, that's um, great. I love that. In my opinion, and lots of others, you know, should be regarded pr pretty high, you know, within with nationwide. Um, oh, I remember the God. Southern California Golf Hall of Fame. Oh, for God's sake. done something yeah. special. So, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> that's been really fun to, to sort of see the two associations finally come together. Like I said, we've been talking about it for years and, um, you know, to see that finally come together and the two groups working together 
because there's a lot that's going to go into that, you know, um, oh, talk sure. about criteria, selection committees, yeah. logos, <laughs> where to have it, you know, <laughs> all, all of these things. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot to it, but it, it's been fun and it's going to be really rewarding, you know, once we have that first uh, first induction. Um, you know, and then we you mentioned Kevin Heaney. I mean, he's retiring, you know, in yes. early 23. So I, we've... I we've We've started that process. Those are big and, shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> filling those shoes and, you know, um, to be part of that process has been, has been rewarding as well. Um, Cause that's going to be, you know, could possibly be one of the biggest decisions um, our board has to make. You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's great. And then with the U S open coming to, to Southern California at LA yep. country club in 23, yep. that's exciting. Um, lots will be happening at that club is just amazing and their support and what they're wanting to do from a charitable aspect yeah. um, for the SCGA foundation and, and for all of junior golf in Southern California. It's just phenomenal. I think it's really going to set the bar very, very high for future U S open sites. And, you know, to be just a small part of that is, is really amazing. So I, I can't complain and, and uh, having, you know, three pretty big things in, in one year of presidency. No, very much an exciting time for golf in Southern California. I mean, we had the U.S. Open a year ago in San Diego, and now it's back in L.A. And I know um, that was a big step, knowing a lot of people at L.A. Country Club to agree to that. I know going all the way back to David Fay at the USGA for decades, they've wanted to have an Open there. And <clears throat> there was a lot of mixed views on it, and I think the membership is you know, as, as life, you know, time moves on, membership gets a little bit younger. And, and uh, I think it's wonderful that they've agreed to do it. And I think it'll be a, it'll be a really fun event. Um, and, and, and it's, it's great that it's going to happen. Um, you mentioned a little while ago, um, you know, in terms of growing the game and the PGA initiative back in, you know, 2.0 back in 2012, 14, as you sit here today and, you know, in 2022, how do you think the game's doing? I mean, in terms of growing the game, I mean, where do you sort of see, do you see the progress in, I guess, almost about 10 years since that initiative and, and, um, and where do you think we have more work to do and how do you sort of see us hopefully getting there? Well, you know, who, who knew we'd need a, a world pandemic to, right. uh, to, 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 to solve some the of game. our issues, right. but <laughs> uh, I guess we got to look for the silver lining somewhere. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm uh, I'm an optimist, um, certainly when it comes to our game. I, I think our game is in a good place. Um, you know, that's sort of the question now, you know, within the industry. Well, how do we, are we going to sustain this growth? Right, are we going to keep know? all these people who came out for the, right, right the, the quintessentially socially distanced sport for during this pandemic? And, you know, right. they're going to stick when, you know, hopefully if this ever gets in our rearview mirror, that people have all the other opportunities they haven't had for recreation the last, and other things in life the last two years. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's similar, um, you know, certainly in my lifetime to see sort of, you know, the, the tiger effect, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. Late, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, that's when we saw a huge jump yep. in number of golfers and interest in the game. And um, that was wonderful. But then eventually it did sort of trickle down. It had been for a lot of things, you know, um, economic, I mean, you know, you name it, right? Um and then that's when we sort of, you know, so then you look at that 2010, 12, okay, we really need to take a look at this, right? Right, right. Stop the, the leaky bucket here. Yeah. Um, 
and I, and I really think we have, I, I think, you know, but it, it takes all of us. It's not, you know, the PGA isn't going to solve all the issues. The USGA isn't going to solve all the issues, but coming together, um, which a, a lot of these associations have, and, and they did back then. I mean, they all recognize, Hey, we all have a stake in this, you know, it's, right. it's not just, you know, the tour is not immune from this and um, regional golf associations aren't immune from it. PJ pros aren't, you know, it, it affects all of us. So we all had to come together as one um, unified uh, group and say, Hey, what can we do about this game? And, you know, I really think we're in a good place, you know, will, will it sort of trickle off, you know, after the, we'll call it the COVID effect. You know, I don't know. It, it could, it could. Um, but I, I think with, you know, all these young players that are up and coming, you know, what both on the, on the PGA tour and the LPGA tour, I, I think that really has something to do with it. Um, you know, I think it all sort of trickles down from there. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the largest growth we're seeing in junior golf and with women. And I think those have been two areas that we've, we've kind of haven't seen growth for a long time. And, um, you know, again, with, with 400 junior golf tournaments and all the great things the SCGA junior foundation does, um, you know, exposing kids to this great game. And once their parents who may or may not be golfers <laughs> see the great benefits of the game, and not only is it a sport of a lifetime, we all know that, um, but what it teaches young people, you know, um, the honesty, the integrity, the, um, you know, all the wonderful attributes of our game. Um, I think that's all positive. So yes, you know, where my heart is it's junior golf. Um, but, but I feel that's where it starts, you know, yeah, and, and now agree. we're starting to see, you know, it's really satisfying for me. And I, and I just talked to someone earlier today is, is a young lady that grew up playing on our junior tour. And now she's on her way to becoming a PJ member. Wow. You know, that's, wow. that's really cool. That's really yeah, special cool. to me. Um, that's going to be a, a big, a big focus of ours. And certainly of mine personally is, is educating our young people and, and showing them the opportunities. Hey, it's great. If you have aspirations of being the next tour star, that's wonderful. But just in case that doesn't work out, have you considered a career in the golf industry? You know, because I think so many people think you either play on tour or you give lessons and that's it. And I couldn't be further from the truth. Um, right. There's so many opportunities, especially now um, for both men and women. And I think, you know, I think if we can educate our junior golfers who obviously already have a love for the game, um, you know, that, Hey, this is an opportunity. You may want to think about it. You know, if you're not quite sure what you want to do when you grow up um, you know, maybe think about something in golf. So I think if we can continue to do things like that, continue to foster and, and welcome people, that's really, really important. And I know sometimes it can be hard, you know, to, courses are packed. It's harder than ever to get tee times and no one wants to be behind a, a group of beginners. I get it. Uh, but you know what? We were all there at some point and For sure. we've, we've got to welcome people and be patient and, and, you know, um, keep these people in the game. I agree with all that. I mean, there's a, Touched on a lot of stuff there. I mean, it's that's important. I mean, one thing I just was going through my head when you were talking about the women's game, and and I I mean, full disclosure, I'm influenced a lot because 
Uh, Brady Riggs is someone who's a good friend who's been a, a teacher of mine for a long time and his daughter you know, is very good and is trying to get on the LPGA tour. And so we talk about the women's game a lot, but it is with, um, you know, Nellie and Jessica Corda, you know, there's so many players out there these days. It's the women's game at the professional level is kind of in a neat place. And at the collegiate level, um, you know, and I have my allegiance for Stanford, um, uh, like yours for Oklahoma State and the, you know, super team, that they've had this year with um, Rose Zhang, who's from Southern California, you, you well know. And yep. as Brady likes to uh, maintain, and I don't disagree, you know, good argument that she's the best amateur in the world, male or female, at this juncture. And Rachel Heck and, um, you know, Mega Gane, who's, you know, going to be joining Stanford, who played so well mm -hmm. at Olympic Club a year ago for the Ladies mm -hmm. Open. And just, you know, I had Scott, um, uh, Scott and I on from Marion, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, the Curtis Cup was there, and they were all, you know, three of the eight was were that were those three, and just uh, incredible what's going on at that level. Um, and uh, for people, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's an incredible video that the No Laying Up team did on the Stanford team that's on YouTube for that talks about Ann Walker, the phenomenal coach there, and and everything. So that's kind of all exciting. But I but I really like what you sort of said at the end, which is that's kind of at the highest level and not everyone's going to be Nellie Corda or Rosang. Um, and mm -hmm. I think it is really important to sort of um, uh, make it clear to people that, Hey, you know, there's a lot of things you can do in the golf world besides, you know, putting a peg in the ground and playing at the professional level or giving lessons, you know, those are both worthy uh, endeavors, but there's a lot of other stuff you can do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I think it's, it's our uh, responsibility to, to share that and, and educate these young people. Um, again, they already have a passion for the game. And, you know, one thing I think that that helps um, and that is in our favor is the power of social media. So yeah. when you look at all these great athletes and movie stars that just, and, you know, uh, musicians and rappers and I mean, just every, everyone, and these people love golf. <clears throat> and so they, they have do. all their followers, yeah. you know, and they start posting, you know, videos or pictures of them on the golf course. And, you know, seeing, I think it was on Twitter a few days ago, you know, before the might've been after game one of the NBA finals. And they show Steph Curry going yeah. into a, somewhere to get his, his clubs regripped, you know, cause he's, yeah. <laughs> he's getting ready for the off season. Um, it, that's powerful. You know, that, it that's is. powerful it is. because the, the influence these people have and the followers they have, that just opens the door. Hey, golf is cool. Golf is pretty cool, you know, and, and I think more and more people learn that. Um, you know, we've been trying to tell them for years, but but it took coronavirus to, to sort of open their eyes to it. And, um, you know, I, I think people are going stick, to stick around and stick to this game. I really do. And um, but we can't just sit back and hope that happens. We, we do have to take action. What do you think? I know at one point, if I'm remembering right in your career, um, you were, had a course in Oceanside, I think. Um, and which I, if I'm remembering, I think it was sort of a shorter course. You know, I often wonder landed particularly where we live out here is such a premium and, you know, and, getting on golf courses can be hard, but, you know, whether some of these shorter courses, you know, there may be more of an 
easier access, you know, and that could be a way to at least get people introduced to the game, you know, and mm -hmm. curious what thoughts you have on that, particularly with your experience actually being a co-owner involved in a course like that. Yeah. Em Emerald Isle, it's an executive golf course in Oceanside, um, par 56. So two par fours, the rest par threes, <laughs> really, really fun course. And, and our whole, our whole goal was just to say, Hey, we're, we're welcome to everybody. You know, it doesn't matter your skill level. Um, it's fine if you're a beginner and that's the first time on the course. It's also was a fun course. If you were a, a professional, you know, and a skilled player. So I, I think short courses are really, really important to our game. Um, again, it's, it's a great sort of entry point for people, but they're not just for beginners. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I enjoy playing the <laughs> short oh, yeah. course, you know, number one, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, test your short game and it doesn't take as long. Right. <laughs> um, and it, and it's usually a, a very sort of relaxed atmosphere, you know, and that's what we tried to create at, at Emerald Isle. And certainly they've done amazing things at Goat Hill just down the road in yeah. Oceanside and, and so many others, you know, um, certainly here in Southern California, but across the country. And I, I think short courses are really important to our game. Really, yeah, really I, important. And, you know, top golf and, and all these, you know, uh, off course, um, you know, options are, are great too. I mean, if, if that's yeah, talk to me, I'm glad you mentioned top golf. I was going to go there because, you know, in El Segundo, they sort of turned that into one there. And I, I'm really curious kind of what you think of that, because it's a different, thing right i mean it's yeah. you know it's got a lot of lights and act yeah. music and yeah. stuff like that and and what role do you see that as sort of playing it sounds like you think that's a, a at least a meaningful piece of the puzzle or a useful piece i think it's puzzle. a i think it's a good thing um do i think it's going to bring millions of people to the game probably not but at the end of the day if someone spends a couple hours and they're hitting golf balls rather than rolling a bowling ball down a lane <laughs> I will take that as a win. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Some people will, will try a top golf or top golf type of experience and think, Hey, this is pretty cool. I want more of this, right. We can go out and play on 18 different holes that look different and <laughs> have different obstacles, you know? Um, yes. There's going to be people that do that. There have been people that have transitioned. Um, so, you know, I think it's a good thing. Um, it, it certainly is an entertainment, you know, it's, it's not, um, you don't see too many people going to top golf to, to really hone in on their game. No, that's... it is entertainment, and, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. It, that's my opinion. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And again, if it exposes more people to the game, that can never be a bad thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I agree with that. So you mentioned it's a one-year term. Um, so in your, as you say, I don't know, we're in the 11th or 12th hole, somewhere in the back nine of, of it uh, as we're past the midpoint. Um, so where do you see yourself going after your presidency and kind of what are you, you going to focus on? And I'm sure you've thought about it a little bit, but where do you kind of see yourself headed? Yeah, so sort of the, the culmination, if you will, of, of the year um, happens at the SCGA AM and uh, the SCGA Women's AM. So I'm really, really excited about this. Um, <clears throat> we are doing those two events. This will be the second time we've done it. The first time was um, in 2020 because of uh, the virus. We couldn't host an event in LA County. So we ended up hosting both events simultaneously, the SCGA AM, AM and the Women's AM at Goose Creek. And it was phenomenal. It was oh, so wow. cool to have both events going on at the same time, great atmosphere. 
even though we were in the middle of COVID, it was, it was amazing. And I said, gosh, this is great. This is just great for the game. And this is what I want to do in, in my year. So typically, um, the, um, the SDJM is hosted at the president's home course. Oh, that's interesting. Well, this okay. president doesn't have a home course. <laughs> so I kind of got pick, pick of the litter, if you will, and had a, had a short list of places I, I would have loved to have had this event. And I'm so grateful to the leadership and, and uh, membership of San Diego Country Club ah, okay. uh, that they're going to be hosting both events first week in August. And just, you know, it's a phenomenal place, rich yep. in history, it sure is. <clears throat> rich in amateur golf, uh, rich in women's golf. And they're just so welcoming. And I just absolutely can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited because that sort of brings everything together. It's not the end of the term, but it, it's pretty close. And that's sort of the last big hurrah, if you will. And um, I'm just really, really excited. We've had so many great champions come out of, of both of those. This is sure. I should know this, but the 120 something of the SCGA AM and I think the eighth um, SCGA Women's AM. But, you know, I mean, we've certainly had some big names win the AM Tiger, Bo Hostler. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the guys on tour and, and that will happen for the women as well. Um, no question about that. <clears throat> and once we get a few more years under our belt, those, uh, those champions will be on tour. No question. And we'll probably be some of the best to, to play the game. So really, really excited about that. Um, I will continue to serve. I get to serve one more year as the honorary past president. So Got that's it. great. Okay. I'll enjoy that's that. Won't have as much responsibility to do, but still we'll still be involved and, um, it's my hope to just stay involved and stay connected, you know, as, as much as I can. And, and I know I will because of my, my real job with the SCPGA. And, um, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, our, our CEO at the SCPGA, Mr. Tom Mattis, who is a past president of the PGA, um, has just devoted his entire life to, to this game and this, this industry, he'll be retiring at the end of the year. Oh, wow. And okay. I'm, uh, I'm, just honored and thrilled and humbled that I will be filling his shoes. Wow. Uh, January one. That's awesome. So I'll, I'll have my hands full, Larry. <laughs> From presidency to presidency. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you will have, you will, you will have plenty, plenty to do. Um, I will. Uh, that's awesome. Well, listen, Nikki, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat uh, about all of this stuff um, and, you know, appreciate all the great work you've done on both organizations continue to do. Um, I agree with you. I think the game is in, is in a really neat place. And, um, uh, and there's so much history for golf in this part of the country with the tremendous players we've had and, um, and, and we'll continue to have and, and, uh, and develop um, and, and, but, but, just the, uh, you know, the, I, I'm hopeful as you are that, you know, the tremendous boon we've had during the pandemic that hopefully we can hold on to these folks. Um, Cause it would I be think we great can. for the game. I think we can. Yep. I think we can. I appreciate it. Um, I, thank you so much for spending the time. Thank you, Larry.